Coming up on this edition of Locked On Eagles, myself, Louis DiBiase, and Gino Camilleri, we are going to preview the Reese Senior Bowl this week. Who are the players the Eagles should be most interested on both sides of the ball? That's coming up next right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. And as I said, we are going to be continuing our preview of the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl, taking a look at offensive and defensive prospects down in Mobile that the Eagles should be interested in. Howie Roseman's down there right now watching the prospects as is head coach Nick Sirianni. And again, thanks for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. And Gino, it's been their first listen each and every day for 800 different days. Today celebrates our 800th episode together as hosts of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. We've been doing it since the Super Bowl win in 2018, my man. So uh, cheers to you. And uh, here's to 800 more. Yes, sir. Thank you to all our loyal listeners, because without all of you, we are absolutely nothing. But two kids that grew up loving this team, we're actually living our dream every day, getting to talk about them. Lou is going to be down on the field behind Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni. Uh, Jeff Stoutland was there down in Mobile, Alabama, and we would never be able to do it without the Lockdown Podcast Network. and. 800 episodes, man. We're going to be at 1,000 before we know it, and yeah. I, I don't have any plans of going anywhere anytime soon. Nope, so me neither, man. Cheers this to everybody. Is, uh, and cheers to everybody. You, you guys are in. continuing to let me and Gino live out our dream, to be honest with you. Again, like he said, we've been Birds fans our whole lives, and we'd be doing this if one person, if nobody was listening. So the fact that we have this platform and we have so many loyal listeners coming back really does mean the world to both of us. And so to celebrate, we're doing a jersey giveaway, and uh, we're going to get one lucky listener a locked on eagles jersey giveaway here of your choosing uh gino just subscribe or i should say describe because they do need to subscribe uh what they need to do here with our celebration so just like our podcast on youtube or any platform that you get it this is totally free you have to do nothing all you have to do is follow these three instructions Follow our Twitter account, which if you don't know by now, after listening for 800 episodes, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but it's at Locked on Birds. Then you're going to quote tweet the original tweet, which if you're watching here on YouTube is up on the page. It is also our pinned tweet in Locked on Birds Twitter account. Tag three of your friends. And then finally, subscribe to our YouTube account. Take a screenshot that you subscribe just so we know that you're following along. Send us that picture, and you're entered to win. And we are going to announce a winner live on draft night, so you have plenty of time to enter. This is just to keep spreading the word and a little token of our appreciation because 800 episodes, I think it's time to give back to our listeners. And, hey, man, you might be getting the jersey of that number one pick. We got three of them in that first round. So you can select anybody you want. And, hey, I hope somebody, it makes their day, and I'm really happy to get this jersey giveaway going here. Yeah, absolutely, because we are on YouTube now, and we want to expand our video platform for you guys because we're going to be giving you exclusive video footage, too, throughout the offseason. And that does continue this week when I head down to Mobile. I'm going to do a lot of different videos stuff 
Senior Bowl coverage, and that's only going to be available on our YouTube channel. So again, subscribe, and you have a chance to win a jersey of your choosing. It probably won't be the one Gino's got, number 19, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. <laughs> but uh, if you're freedom, if you want that, man, go for it. Could it be could be. Guy. Could it be could be Brian 20. Dawkins. It's whoever you want. Uh, for me, it could have been number 32, Razul Douglas back in the day. But, uh, Gino, it could be as well a rookie. Like you said, the Eagles have three first-round draft picks this year. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni are down in Mobile watching these prospects, and one of them could be a Senior Bowl player. Yesterday, we did our mock draft Monday, and it was exclusive to Senior Bowl prospects. Today, we're going to continue that coverage. But we're going to talk about players now. We're going to hone in on all of the prospects, or at least a good amount of them, that we think the, re the Eagles will be interested in and should be. And I think when you start on the offensive side of the football, you know, obviously when it comes to quarterback, we're going to dive deeper into the discussion tomorrow on Lockdown QB1. But it is a class that if you're interested in a quarterback, they're all outside of Matt Corral. They are all down there. Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, um, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong. Pretty much because this class is so close right now and there isn't a clear consensus number one, they're all down there battling and trying to gain an edge to be that first quarterback off the board. Right now it would be Kenny Pickett, and Pickett did grow up an Eagles fan, but Gino to me, and again, we'll dive deeper into the philosophy and the thought process of if they would want to draft a quarterback this year. But if they did, let's just say they did, to me, if I had to bet on who they'd be interested in down there, I just feel like Kenny Pickett, even Sam Howell would be kind of a lateral move. If they were going to convince themselves that they want one of these prospects this year, it would have to be one with crazy upside if they're going to take the risk. So it, it would probably be Willis, Ritter, or Strong. The thing about Ritter that kind of sets me back is he reminds me a lot of Jalen and like what he does well. He does leave a little bit on the field in the same way Jalen does. Carson yeah. Strong, you talk about the idea of always having a mobile quarterback here in Philadelphia, at least one that can wiggle a little when he gets into the open field, not somebody that has to rush for 55 yards a game like Jalen Hurts. But if you do want that dual type of threat guy, the cream of the crop is down there in Malik yeah. Willis, right. the guy that has the arm talent. He has the athletic ability. There were clips coming out all day from the first day practices where Malik Willis got to the edge and just looked so much faster. He looked like the best else. quarterback on the field today. It sounded like, um, Gina, one thing that drives me nuts is people are like, well, if they're going to take Malik Willis, they're, they're not going to do that because he compares so much to Jalen Hurts. Outside of mobility, it's such a lazy comp. Like If you watch these two players, it it's not the same. Like you said, the, the more comparable uh, move here is Ritter and Hurts. Yeah, I, I totally feel that as well. I mean, because a lot of what Ritter did in that offense as well, you could probably get away with doing with Jalen Hurts. And maybe he's worth the risk the more because he's got better arm talent. I mean, that's the one difference maybe. How I'm going into this offseason, Lou, I'm looking at the position. I'm going to say, is there a option, yeah. whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, for us to get better? And if there is a player that we can upgrade at that position – that's something you have to look into. And quarterback, they're not going to make a lateral move. I think back to 2015 when you had that, or, or I think it was 2014 actually, when they traded mm -hmm. Sam Bradford and Nick Foles. It might have been 2015. 2015. I, I don't, yep. yeah, I don't really care about Sam Bradford at this point because we're well beyond that because we're not making lateral moves where we're got we're trading guys that have injuries. We're picking guys that can't move. No, it's a different league. If you saw the guys that were playing on Championship Sunday, Joe Burrow can move. Pat Mahomes can move. 
Matt Stafford has a little wiggle to him when he needs to, and he has arm talent. And then you look at San Francisco, the team that lacked that elite quarterback. They replaced what him. happened to them. They're going to replace, and they're gonna mm-hmm. they're on the verge of replacing him with Trey Lance. So yeah, I'm with you, Gino. I think those three would interest them the most. Man, I'll tell you what, Carson Strong, you fall in love with his arm strength every time you put on the tape. Today he showed that off again. It looked like he was the best quarterback on the field for the national team in the first day of practices. It's just uh, the, the fact that he can't, and he can maneuver the pocket well. It's not like this guy's a statue that cannot move at all. But I don't know. For me, it's like if you don't have mobility, you instantly really drop on my board personally for what I prefer at quarterback. But that arm strength is, it's really hard to not fall in love with that rocket. And you really wish you could take Desmond Ritter's mobility and give it to Carson Strong because Ritter has a strong arm, but I feel like Strong is more of a developed passer than Ritter. And so my take the other day was if you're going to talk yourself into Carson Strong, you might as well take the risk on Ritter because he has more movement. But I'll tell you, man, that rocket is going to intrigue somebody. I don't think Strong's going to be a first-round pick, but if the Eagles wanted to replicate what they did in 2020 when they took Jalen Hurts in the second round, maybe Strong is more of the option there where you're not like – he doesn't have to be the franchise quarterback, right? If Jalen Hurts is the guy, he's the guy, and he's a great backup, and that's the way you can spin it. But uh, it would be interesting to see what they think of Strong because the Eagles do also believe philosophically in mobile quarterbacks. That's the other thing. Yeah. Are you going to go back on that philosophy with yeah. taking a guy like And they Carson haven't since Trump. Bradford, and that was Chip Kelly. So, And the thing with Justin Herbert, the thing with Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, all these guys that have that elite arm talent, which Carson Strong is right up there. The kid can absolutely chuck the ball down the field. Yeah, But the thing that he lacks is that 11-on-11 ability. And when we have the athletes – in the second level that these teams do. Look at the teams in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, Logan Wilson, the way he's playing at linebacker for Cincinnati, Jesse Bates, you have to have a guy that is going to make them play with their chess piece 11-on-11 football. Because if you have a guy that stands in the pocket, I look at the AFC East right now, Lou, Mac Jones versus Josh Allen. Yeah. When it comes down to it, who's going to win you the and game? And look what I happened when those two played in the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is like if that mobile quarterback is on, can a pocket passer be elite enough where he can keep up? And they definitely have to mm-hmm. make up for that lack of mobility. It's harder for them. I'm not saying it's impossible anymore, but you know, outside of Tom Brady, it really there hasn't been Gino a young pocket passer that's become a star. It's even the guys that were doing it in the league still, it was all older players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just kind of the way the NFL is moving. And, you know, with Strong, Ritter, and Willis, I think they'll intrigue the Eagles and it'll be interesting to follow, you know, uh, more and more and see kind of how that develops. Um, when we come back from our break, we'll continue to get into offensive players. We'll move more towards the offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, running back, and take a look at those prospects that could interest the birds um, in the senior bowl down in mobile. Uh, before that though, Gino, tell us about bet online. Who's our now official sports book. Big things here at the lockdown Eagles podcast. Big it's one for number 800, episode, number 800. And all of a sudden, Bet Online, who's been one of our best sponsors, is now you can put it on the books, you can stamp it on all of our, our graphics that we put out there, the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this is not betonline.ag. This is betonline.net. It is new and rejuvenated, and they have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You can bet on the NFL draft. Bet where guys are going to be taken. You're listening to us talk here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast all the time. Why not 
put some money in there responsibly. Go and put a little wager on there and make it fun for you because you're always listening to us. You're always talking draft. And what better place than betonline.net? They have UFC, boxing, football, whatever you want. They have you covered. And don't wait to take advantage of their amazing deals that they have. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcasts, Locked on Eagles, and we thank you for making LOE your first listen each and every day. He's Gino Camilleri, and I'm Lou DiBiase, and we are talking about prospects down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl that should interest the Eagles. We talked about quarterback, and if they were going to go with the position, and we'll dive more into that tomorrow, I feel like it wouldn't really be a lateral move compared to Jalen Hurts with a guy like Kenny Pickett, with a Sam Howell. But maybe if you're going to do it, you want the upside of a Malik Willis, a Desmond Ritter, um, a Carson Strong. But Gino, I think, too, the bigger focus is going to be about the other positions because although I think they should look at quarterback, the odds are still probably that they're going to go with Jalen Hurts next year if they can't get a veteran. So they're going to take a look more on the offensive side of the football at the other spots. And uh, when it comes to wide receiver, there's actually some really interesting names. We took a bunch of them in mock draft Monday yesterday that would interest this team. And one that we didn't take that we were talking about Carson Strong, Romeo Dobbs. Had a great he, day today. A great day today in practice. His hands are over 10 inches. He's five foot eleven ish. He stands way bigger than that when you look at him. And he is a guy that can get downfield. And I think a lot of these guys, Lou, are those downfield attacking elements that you could add to this team. There are guys that you could move inside and out, of course, as well. And that's what you're going to see. And I'm excited for you to see the one-on-ones tomorrow where they move these guys all around. It shows off their ability to move in space. And that's what the game is now. Like You have to be able to beat a guy on a slant. I saw that one Cooper Cup, I think it was his last touchdown of the game for the Rams, or maybe one of his last touches. It was an easy slant route, and all you have to do is beat your guy off the line. And you look at some of these receivers down there, starting with a guy like Romeo Dobbs, Lou. I mean, the guy can absolutely move for a guy of his size. Yeah, I think he's an interesting player. I really like the this group of receivers down in Mobile. And, uh, you know, Gino, I think we talked about it last week that we really would like, a, you know, go up and get it, bigger receiver to complement, you know, Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. But at the same time, you don't want to fall into the trap you did in 2020 where you're just trying to fit a certain kind of player in and you maybe reach on a player. So this guy is more Romeo Dobbs is going to definitely move up boards. Right now it would probably be more of a day two pick. If the Eagles consider round one or round two, they really have been discussing, you know, the names that are thrown out, you know, uh, Drake London because of how big the kid is. And Mm -hmm. also you look at too, because of that same style, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Um, But if they're just going to go for production, if they just want a good wide receiver and look, that's the thing like this year, they didn't have that player. They didn't need it though. The reason that they need a receiver is because Jalen Rager just was a bust. But if Jalen Rager is a good player, they don't have that big receiver in this trio, but it wouldn't have mattered. You just need productive players. And so to me, you look at Jahan Dotson from Penn State. I know he's only 5'11", but you know, like Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith, who aren't huge, he can go up and high point the football. This guy has some crazy hands, and he's got speed. He can play both inside and out. And I do think that maybe with that last first-round pick or if he, if he was available in the second round and you were going to go on offense, I think Dotson – could potentially, you know, interest the Eagles of how he kind of learned from, you know, his past mistakes. 
He's a guy with that third pick that if you're looking to move back a little yeah. bit, would be in that prime, like late day one, early day yeah. two territory. Maybe if you move back with one of them. And I know why you said him. You're still chasing the whole KJ Hamler thing. Like, you want <laughs> yeah. a guy that I was waiting for you to bring him up. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, he's not a guy that is that Ferrari type mold where he gets banged up. Like, he's no. a physical uh, ball catcher. Like, he'll go up and oh get my the gosh, football, yeah. as you had mentioned. And I mean, I, I don't think we really have to persuade our listeners, many of them, I would say to like Penn State players. I think it's an easy sell for them as well. You get a lot of, I would say, in-state knowledge. You know a lot of the connections from recruiting. And, I mean, the guys are asking questions on these prospects. Going back to their high school coaches, My uh, Bruce Johnson, he's been on this show. Yeah. He was an ex-Eagle yep. for a little bit. Our high school gym teacher got a – he, he wasn't even a drafted player. He was an undrafted free agent, but he got a questionnaire to fill out on how he played. And you know so much on these guys and going to Jahan Dotson to bring it all back around. Being in Penn State, the connection just is so easy to make. And I think they might have a chance to get a couple of those Penn State receivers this offseason, Lou. If you look at uh, Chris Godwin coming out of yeah. Tampa Bay. Alan Robinson's a free agent, too. There's a Maybe lot of Penn State into that receivers pool, brother. They might get yeah. one of them. Who knows? I'm still holding out hope with the whole Denver thing. If uh, mm -hmm. you know they want to make Tim Patrick the guy at wide receiver three, maybe they would trade KJ Hamler. But maybe instead it's Jahan Dotson at Penn State. Yes, uh, Gina, one more receiver before we move on to other positions. Christian Watson, we've brought up a few times. He's becoming mm -hmm. kind of the darling of the Lockdown Eagles podcast for a day two or day three pick. Um, we really like – we both respect the hell out of FCS football. It continues to churn out talent year after year, and I think this is going to be the next player that comes out of FCS football and still dominates at the next level. And he did that today against, you know, power five cornerbacks. Christian Watson measured in at what? Yeah, on Monday at 6'4". The guy has a ton of speed too, and I just think – you know, right now he's projected as like a third or fourth round pick. I don't know, man. By the end of it, I would not be surprised at all if he's a second round pick. You look at a guy of that size and you could kind of think of like Michael Pittman, right? For yeah. the Indianapolis. And Watson's right probably now. faster. Much faster. And and that's the comparison I was going to make. You look yeah. at uh, the Drake out of USC at wide receiver. I'm just going to mention Drake in position. That's what I'm going to do. So at wide receiver out of USC, the same type of player, six foot five, big guy can go up and get it. But you're right, Lou. Like if you're going to take one of those two players that do a lot of the same things, you're going to take the one that can run better. And not only that, his hands are gigantic. He's a long strider. He's physical. and they love North Dakota State guys in Philadelphia, let me tell you that much. And and, and we do too. I mean, yeah. with Wentz and Trey Lance, and we loved Bruce Anderson. You got Christian Watson. I mean, they're, NDSU has a track record. I mean, this isn't some random school. No, they, they continue to churn out talent as well. Braden Thomas, who's at CGS, is at the Shrine Bowl currently yeah. at defensive end, could definitely intrigue the Eagles later on in day two or three. But Watson is exactly the type of player in the modern NFL when you're looking at wide receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, 6'3", 6'4", can run, can get downfield, can high point the football, can get open at the edge of the catch point when – hey, maybe a guy who's 5'11 doesn't make that catch. Christian yeah. Watson is going to make a lot of those catches where you're like, man, he, he is an athletic specimen. He's built exactly like you would want a receiver to be built. And you don't have to pull my leg to pick him yeah. with one of those, I would say, first four picks. If he's there like yeah. at 53, 
You're not gonna yeah, not gonna make me upset yeah. if you take the guy. I don't think or 51. I keep the, messing up yeah. when Jalen Hurts was taken, and yeah, now yeah. that we have the 51st pick, just a couple off there. Um, when we get to our live show draft day, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Christian Watson by the end of the first round is getting close to being at the top of most boards. Right. Um, I, I really think that, and he's starting that off already. It's such a strong day at practice today um, in Mobile. Uh, Gino, give us an offensive lineman that you've been watching, and one that we did take yesterday uh, had a pretty impressive rep. There was a one-on-one -on -one battle that was fascinating between two of our guys we picked on Mock Draft Monday. Yeah, it was between our guy Darian Kennard, the interior and tackle on the offensive line out of Kentucky. Big player, 324 pounds, long arms, big hands. Went against our guy out of FSU, Mr. Johnson. Coming off of that edge was absolutely lightning fast. And I thought Darian Kennard, Lou, I talked about his versatility yesterday, right? And I thought it was funny. Uh, one of our YouTube uh, subscribers commented and said, Darian Kennard would obviously be too far of a stretch to take in the first round. And we know that. It was a senior bowl-only right. type yeah. of mock draft. But the players that they would take with that type of selection, Lou, is exactly a guy like Darian Kennard. Like, Landon Dickerson is just, I would say, a less lengthy version of Darian Kennard. A big guy who can also play tackle. And if he works on his flexibility and his ability to move in his lower half, which being as big as he is, is one of the questions you're going to have to answer. If you can move him around on that offensive line, he's going to be a, a key piece. And I, I say the Eagles wouldn't pick him because they have other needs elsewhere, yeah. but he's going to make one team very, very happy because yeah. he can play inside. If you need him to play right away, if you do have that ability at the two tackles, the kind of way a year, he could play outside on the edge. He's long. Guys with huge hands are coveted by teams because you got to have the ability and the grip strength to keep those guys on the edge like a Jermaine Johnson off yeah. of your quarterback. And I think him, guys like Daniel Filele out of Minnesota, who's standing at six foot eight and one yeah, eighth ridiculous. of an inch, 374 pounds. Whew, talk about Jordan Maialata playing in NCAA football. Yeah. That's the exact guy you look at as well. There are some impressive guys down there in the offensive line. And seeing Jeff Stoutland stand right next to those drills today really peaked I'm sure my eyebrows. Love, I'm, sure he, I'm sure Stoutland, uh, Stoutland would love to get his hands on another 6'8 guy to mold. I'm oh, sure absolutely. he would love it. Yeah, I think, too, when you look at the backfield at running back, this is a player I mentioned very briefly yesterday. He's the brother of a former my guy of mine who's now a star in the NFL Delvin Cook and it's Georgia running back James Cook. Um, right now, I would say is probably a day two pick. But what I like about him is he's fresh because Georgia kind of had a timeshare backfield. He's not a guy that's seen a ton of touches and like Delvin, very versatile and very explosive. And, and Gino, remember in 2017, if the Bengals did not trade with the Vikings and Minnesota jumped Philadelphia, the Eagles were going to take Delvin Cook. Like they ended up taking Sidney Jones, and we thought that could be an awesome project there with that injury. Obviously, it didn't pan out the way we wanted to, but that wasn't plan A. Plan A to me was Delvin Cook. And so they try again here with James Cook, the brother. And, you know, he's not going to come in and be what Delvin would have been, which is RB1. He'd be RB2 or RB3 with, you know, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Cook. But I just look at this guy, and with limited touches, still how efficient and explosive he was, especially as a receiver. You know, still almost caught 30 balls, and four of them went for touchdowns, averaged over 10 yards a catch, and 
over 6.3 yards a run. Uh, he's a very explosive player, and I feel like, again, who knows about Miles Sanders' future. Maybe you're thinking more, let's just go back to the rookie well and take inexpensive contracts and run with a future of James Cook and Kenny Gainwell in the backfield. I don't know, but I do think he would really interest this team as his brother did. I think Georgia running backs in general should interest every team. Yeah. Those guys, just how they like them built with a strong lower half and an ability to be versatile, to play in the pass and as well be able to run through the tackles, be able to get outside. They have to do a lot of things in that offense for Kirby as well. And you look at the Eagles' backfield, don't really have a guy built like that. Jordan Howard is free agent. We know that. You need a younger, more explosive guy that can catch, would fit right in. And you talk about one of the all-time like misses because somebody jumped them. I think about Brandon Cooks with the New Orleans Saints yeah. a couple years uh, back in 2013. I think about the Delvin Cook thing all the time with Sidney Jones, and I also think about the Mecole Hardman, JJ Ortega Whiteside mm -hmm. move. Like, what if you you made a great point? Like, what if you just waited to take Miles Sanders just two picks later and you took yeah, Mecole Hardman? And he would have been there, man. I know. Yeah, Quez Watkins has kind of filled that role pretty much just as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, and Delvin was one of those. Your your Miko Hardman jump for me. That's Delvin. I, I was so in on rips him. your heart out, man. It's yeah, it's bad. it does. So maybe they bring in uh, his brother James Cook. But I do think he would interest the Eagles if the price was right. You know, maybe later on in day two. Gino and I will get into the defensive side of the football, the prospects that at the Senior Bowl, the Eagles would be interested in. Coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, it's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low, and it's for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You know, Go explore their easy-to-use website today, and you're going to find the solution to your auto part needs. And you know, There's a lot of people out there that baby their cars and trucks just like it's one of their kids or one of their dogs. There's a lot of car people out there. If you're one of them, you're going to find the solution at rockauto.com. Again, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and make sure you write down Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Once again, write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know Locked On Eagles sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles. Thank you so much for making Locked on Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're continuing to preview the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, the first big step in the 2022 NFL draft process. And, you know, soon we've got pro days coming up as well. The NFL scouting combine. Gino and I are going to continue to do mock draft Monday each and every week. And we're going to dive deep into these prospect pools. And that really does start this week. And this really is my favorite time of the year. You know, Gino, like we've been doing this podcast now for 800 episodes and uh, I love in season shows, but the off season, there's something about it. I think people just love the creativity and the speculation time and just the, the roster building I think is fun. And it's that Madden generation, right? Where in fantasy football, I think everybody just has a real, uh, I don't know, just like urged for this kind of, you know, sports activity. And I, I think it's a, it's a special time. It's the hope of the off season. It's like, it's not what, what it used to be, get? right? Where the football season ends and we all just get into the other sports. This thing is 365 days a year now. 
I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, when can I actually take some time off and like get off of Twitter? It's like, right. After the draft, oh, then OTAs start. Oh, OTAs, and then we got training camp. It's like right back into the cycle again. Yeah. But that's why we do it. I mean, we cover this five days a week for a reason. It's a 365-day-a-year business, the NFL. And this is one of the biggest parts of the business, the evaluation process. They make a luxury and a whole ordeal out of this draft cycle because people have fallen in love with it. Why do you think the Senior Bowl is so big? Why do you think it's on NFL Network? People love this time of year. And to quote Ted Lasso, gets a lot of our hope up, but it's the hope that kills you. So don't get your hope up too much with a lot of these guys. We talk about a lot of them. They're only going to end up with a handful of these guys. So that's what we have to remember. I was going to say, I don't think the Eagles have really drafted a whole lot of my guys for us. I mean, Devontae Smith was one of them. Quez was receiver. Quez Watkins. We hit Sidney Jones. I love Sidney Jones, so I was in on him. JJ for me, uh, I think you had loved Miles Sanders that year too. Yeah, I did. I was uh, Teron, Jackson, year. Teron Jackson, I hit on pretty good. Yeah, yeah. John Hightower was a guy for you as well. It was mostly receivers we liked for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gino, let's move to the defensive side of the ball though before we wrap things up. And uh, there are some guys down in Mobile that I do think would uh, interest the Eagles. And we, we talked earlier about what I love about the Senior Bowl. Part of my favorite. Um, the a, a favorite part of mine here with this process is the one-on-ones receivers versus corners. A few years ago when Van Jefferson was down there, I loved watching him just absolutely cook corners. Like it's a there, really bro. fun part of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you saw it firsthand, uh, but edge versus offensive line is fun as well. And we saw, you know, Kentucky offensive lineman, Darian Kennard, he was battling Jermaine Johnson from Florida state. And we had both of those guys go to us on mock draft Monday yesterday and I just Jermaine Johnson continues day after day to make the case that not only is he a fringe upside first round pick, but I would not be surprised and I wouldn't bat an eye if he was like the Eagles first pick. And it's not just the traits, but it's the versatility too. the Eagles love a guy that can play inside and out. You saw him beat Kennard with that bull rush today. One on one. He is so powerful and violent. And I think that's someone the Eagles would love and i think there are some really good edge rushers down there in in this class in general the eagles are going to come away with one i'm convinced yeah i mean uh, a lot of those edge rushers today put on a heck of a performance bowie mafe out of minnesota as well uh, an intriguing player i like his build and yeah he's got, he's got like a, a linebacker-esque type build on him and then you look at him in jai sanders out of cincinnati too who had some impressive reps and yeah you had him queued up there but jermaine johnson too all of these guys, the traits are exactly what you look for. Like, you look at the top of this draft, right? Aiden Hutchinson is going to go. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson is a fantastic player. But what is that kid's ceiling? Like, is he already there? That's a question you have to ask. I think the same about like George Karloftis, too. He's another guy I think of in that way. I, I think Karloftis has a You think a he's got more chance. upside? Yeah, and I've had discussions with a few people that like him, tend to like him more, a little bit more than Aiden Hutchinson, uh, a little bit more bend to his game. A little. Do bit you like him more than a Jabo right now? Like, who's DE3 for you? See, that's the thing. I looked at Daniel Jeremiah's, and he, he he's pretty accurate with what he uh, puts out there, his top 50 today. And he had Jermaine Johnson, like, right in the mix, right before David Ojabo. And that's the thing. Like, what do you want? Do you want Ojabo's yeah. speed off the edge? Do you want a guy like Jermaine Johnson who can hit you with the speed to power, the power as well? And Jai Sanders who can hit you with a whole bunch of his finesse moves. I mean, it's really take your pick. 
It's Baskin Robbins. There's so many flavors of what these guys can do at the edge position. And I saw all sorts of tweets today that said, oh, the D-line was dominating the offensive line, so on and so forth. For a reason. These guys are ballers. That is where the heart of this draft is, is at the defensive line. And it's not shocking to see guys like that, like Jermaine Johnson and Lou. I'm there with you, brother. I think he has a legitimate chance to be picked right in that 15 to 20-ish yeah. range. You look at like the, the past couple drafts, players like that. I mean, you look back to a couple years when the guy in Derek Barnett's draft, like Tack McKinley was picked like 27. There are edge rushers that you don't expect to go that go a lot higher. I mean, just look at yeah. the New Orleans Saints with Marcus Davenport. They oh, gave up goodness. an extra first four. Last year, they did, they did the same thing with Peyton Turner from Houston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that happens a lot in the NFL. And Jermaine Johnson's one of those guys that's going to skyrocket up the boards. And Myja Sanders as well. You know, there's a lot of good players down there on the edge. Uh, Gino, when it comes to the second and third level defensive players, who's somebody that you think uh, at the Senior Bowl would really interest the birds? Well, if you see this little duck behind me, they just added one to the Senior Bowl roster today. VM3, get to know the name, Verone McKinley the third. I've tweeted about him all season long for the Oregon Ducks. He is one of the most versatile pieces that Oregon has had in their defensive secondary in the past couple of years. He was just added to the roster today. Jim Nagy put out a tweet saying that he was added to the Jets roster. I'm not sure if that's yep. the national or American roster. National. Right? national roster so he will be there at practice tomorrow he will be in those drills taking on these guys one-on-one where if you look at one-on-ones today another player that we picked in our mock drafts kobe bryant man this kid he's special he's special and he doesn't get the sauce gardener attention like i said yesterday but he has the footwork he has the lateral agility he's not overly long in his measurements but he hides that with his efficiency and I think the Eagles would buy into a guy like that. I think they would buy into a guy that has high production against good football teams. He played in that playoff. And, I mean, those guys got picked on back there, but they put out decent tape. They still were in that game for a little bit of it, and the defense had to step up. I like the ability of a guy like Kobe Bryant. I like the ability of a guy like Sauce, who isn't at the Senior Bowl, of course. But these players, I mean, Roger McCreary, we are our friend from – Lockdown 49ers, our friend uh, Crocky, he was talking that McCreary looks like an inside guy more. So now, does he fit into what Philadelphia wants? Would they pick a guy like that? I think they'd be more open to take a guy like Kobe Bryant, maybe if they trade back a little bit, yeah. then picking a guy like McCreary. Because what do they need? They don't need that inside type of player. They need that yeah. outside guy that has a little bit of length, has that ferocity enough to come up and tackle and I'm looking at second-level players, no matter where they are around the ball, that can come down and fill gaps and also fly on the back end and make it a no-fly zone again. Because teams, look at the percentage of completed passes against that defense last year. They need playmakers. They need guys that can cover space. Yeah. And they have a lot of them. Lou, I'm excited for you to see it because that's when I fell in love with Kyle Duggar was when I saw this guy look like a gazelle out <laughs> on this field against – Top yeah. level athletes, and that's what you're going to see down in Mobile, and yeah. that's what you see in a lot of these one on ones. Athleticism wins a lot of the time. The guy that can't bend, the guy that can't sit into his hips, he's going to lose a lot of those reps. The guy yeah. that 
is guessing all the time. Because, it's where you see the physical traits, yeah, you know, really absolutely. shine. And you know, with me, I'm a bet on the traits kind of person. Um, so I think it's a, a, a process that I'm really interested in. One other guy for me, you mentioned safety from McKinley from Oregon. I think Kirby Joseph is someone to keep an eye on at safety as well. And I really like when we're talking more of that second round range for a safety, if the Eagles go, let's say they go edge and a line, another lineman or a linebacker, a corner with their first round picks. I think Jaquan Brisker, who we've mentioned once before, yes, the Penn you State love safety. Penn State guys, man. Yeah, I, I think the two Penn State kids this year, uh, shout out to our station at Fox 43. They love their Penn State guys over there. Uh, I think they would be happy that we're, we're really showcasing these guys because it's a good crop for those two. I think would both be fringe first round, early mm-hmm. second round picks. And Brisker is one of those guys too. I don't know if he's really the explosive safety that you want as like single high, but I really do like his aggression coming downhill. I think he's a really good tackler. Mm -hmm. He's great at shedding blocks. And again, he's not the most explosive safety, but he does have enough speed where, you know, in cover two, he can close in and help you deep in coverage. And he's got good length, which makes up for not being a, you know, four, four athlete. And when it comes to the Eagles too, Gino, depending on what they do at linebacker, having a guy like a safety that can play in the box, like Malcolm Jenkins did it. They need both. Like they need a free safety. Mm-hmm. They need a guy that can play deep, but they need the other guy too. They just need to totally revamp the safety position. And so I think Brisker would be somebody that could really fit a, a certain role for this defense. Yeah. We keep talking about that early day two being a prime position. Yeah. And that's why I think like, yeah, you make those early two selections. Maybe you trade up a few spots to jump and get your guy from 15 to let's say 11 or 12, that, that's been something that they've done. The Brandon Graham here, they did exactly that. They right. moved back from that territory to go up and get an edge rusher. And I think they could do exactly that this year. And you look at a lot of these guys, Lou, maybe they don't get them with their first pick because a lot of that, that junior talent is a little bit better. But, hey, I mean, on day two, they're going to be prime picking. And I want to compile picks in that area. Like that's really where I want to make yeah. a bulk of the selections. Yes, day one is great, but when you look at it, you have to grade the players. You can't just say, "Oh, there's 32 guys that are first round picks." Yeah, there are, but there's not really 32 graded first round players. Right. And you have to make that distinction. And I yeah. think Howie Roseman does a pretty good job at that. I mean, like the Dallas Goddard. Could you have made that selection? Oh yeah, all day long. But you valued him as a second round pick, so you made that pick in the second round. Yeah, I think that's interesting because you look at like Chip Kelly didn't really do that well. Um, You look at 2014, Howie Roseman suggested, hey, the reason Jordan Matthews wasn't the Eagles first round pick, unfortunately, Howie said, hey, don't take Jordan Matthews because we can get him later. Let's take Marcus Smith. But, you know, I think he did though recognize, hey, value wise, we can get Jordan Matthews in the second round when Chip Kelly wanted to take him in the first. He recognized value, and that's a huge part of the draft. Like people just say, take mm-hmm. best player available, and all. Like that's it's not that simple. There's so much that goes into this process, and value is a huge part. And that's one thing that you know for the issues I have with Howie Roseman, one thing he's really good at with trades and with the draft is understanding value, understanding where guys are going to go around the league. And I think some of these players we mentioned, I think he's going to have a good idea of where they'll fall and. Some some of them I, I would project right now will be in range for that fourth pick they make the first one in the second round. We'll continue to take a look at that, though. 
right here on Locked On Eagles throughout the offseason. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on every platform that you listen. We're available in video form as well on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and get in on that jersey giveaway and follow us on Twitter as well, which you'll need to do as part of the giveaway at Lockdown Birds at GC24 underscore, uh, underscore football and at DiBiase LOE. Thanks, everybody, for helping us get to 800. Here is to 800 more, my friend. Let's continue Cheers, to roll everybody. as we enter into our fifth season together on Lockdown Eagles. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.